0: Hi again everybody, I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Who Stays and Who Goes edition. Coming up, my broadcast partner Dave Lapham joins me to discuss free agency. More specifically on this edition of the podcast, the Bengals' internal free agents, guys whose contracts are up, like Darquez Denard, Tyler Eifert, CJ Uzama, and others. We'll discuss the players that we think are the most likely and least likely to return. Plus, we'll also discuss some key players going into the final year of their contracts and the likelihood that the Bengals sign them to extensions before the start of the season, most notably A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. And in this week's Fun Facts interview, you'll get to know the Bengals director of player personnel, Duke Tobin. Among other things, we'll look back at his memories of hanging around his dad's Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears. And we'll discuss Duke's career as a college and arena league quarterback. All of that is straight ahead. But first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered. right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since... The little indicator on the dashboard that shows what side of the car the gas tank is on. I rent cars on my travels quite a bit and always try to save a few bucks by refilling the tank before returning the car. It used to be a pain in the butt to pull up to the pump, get out of the car, only to discover that the tank was on the opposite side. Now you look at that little indicator and always pull up on the proper side. A simple but brilliant innovation. Time to talk football. The Bengals announced on Friday that they have extended tender offers to five players whose contracts expire next Wednesday when NFL free agency begins. The most interesting move involved offensive lineman Trey Hopkins who received a second-round tender and thus becomes a restricted free agent. That means that Hopkins can negotiate with other teams, but the Bengals have the right to match any offer he receives. If they elect not to match the offer, the Bengals get a second-round pick in this year's draft from the team that signs him. If Trey does not agree to a deal with another team, he's guaranteed a big raise from the Bengals. Second-round tenders get good money, a one-year deal for $3.11 million in Hopkins' case unless he agrees to a longer deal. The Bengals also issued tenders to cornerback Tony McRae, guard Alex Redmond, defensive tackle Josh Tupo, and safety Brandon Wilson. That means the Bengals retain their exclusive rights for the upcoming season. Now time to bring in my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Lap, the topic for this podcast is free agency, specifically the Bengals own free agents. Guys that their contracts run out, they become free agents. Will the Bengals try to bring them back. In some cases, you've got restricted free agents, and then you've got guys that Aren't free agents this year, but it's coming, and they may try to extend them now before they reach that point. So let's start with the guys that are unrestricted free agents, beginning with Darquez Denard. His contract ran out last year. They uh, gave him his fifth year option as a first round draft pick, made a lot of money last year, $8.5 bucks. What do you think? How likely it is it that he is retained?
1: I think there's a good chance they retain Darquez Denard. I, I think a lot of people thought that he may get extended. Um, but it didn't happen. I, I do think, you know, a guy that can play slot and outside like he's shown, he's very good inside. He's an excellent tackler coming out of Michigan State with Mark Dantonio, the guy that we know a lot about. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. He doesn't miss very many tackles at all. Uh, but the primary thing for the guy in the back end has to do is, is cover people and. He's shown that he can uh, he can do it on the inside and the outside. And I think he's a good locker room influence. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to sign Darquez Denard, but sometimes, you know, it just doesn't fit. Um, the player wants more than, than is budgeted, and, and uh, you feel like you better spend better off to spend your money elsewhere, and those decisions are going to be made. But in my mind, Darquez Denard is a guy that uh, I would consider, you know, signing to a new
0: contract for sure. I would imagine he's going to get close to the top of the scale for a slot corner, which isn't the kind of money that the outside guys make. And to me, that probably makes it a little easier to bring him back.
1: I think it does. And and I think, too, worst case scenario, a guy like Darquez Denard, I think could kick inside the safety, you know, because he tackles so well and he's physical that way. I mean, he'd be a very good cover guy at the safety position. Now, you don't pay safeties like you pay cover corners like you're talking about. And and if you can play slot corner, no reason to kick him inside the safety. But if you sign him to a, a long-term deal, and then at, toward the end of it, if it's like, you know what, geez, maybe he's going to have to go inside. That's happened many times in the NFL. You don't fi- in the NFL, you don't find go- guys going the other way. You don't find them going safety, getting kicked outside the corner. But toward the end, you do find them periodically going from corner inside to the safety position. But it all depends how well you know, stocked you are at safety. But I do think that uh, Darquez-Denard gives you a lot of position versatility and a lot of football IQ and uh, you know, a very tough physical football player.
0: The Bengals' top three tight ends on the depth chart, when healthy, are all unrestricted free agents this year. Let's start with Tyler Eifert. He came back last year on a heavily incentivized deal based on how healthy he could stay, and unfortunately for Tyler and the Bengals, he was not able to stay healthy. I guess he wound up making about $5.5 million. He could have made $8.5 million. Does he come back to Cincinnati on a similar deal, or does he go elsewhere on a similar deal? Boy, I mean, I,
1: I think... I think it's almost going to be like hit the redo, you know? Like, like when you're playing in your backyard and you can't decide which play, which way of the play should go. Let's do a do over, you know? It might be a do over with the exact same structure. And I think his mindset would be the exact same. You know, there might be, there were other teams that were interested in Tyler Eifert out there. And, I mean, he felt a sense of obligation to stay with the Bengals because, you know, they'd been so good to him uh, through all of these injury issues and rehabilitations and um, so I I could almost see the exact same thing bring him back again for a one-year deal highly incentivized and because man we know Dan when he's out there it's different it is totally different every snap he took last year they never played uh base defense one time they were nickel so you know I mean the Bengals offensive coaches knew when Tyler Ivers on the field they knew exactly what they were facing and he still gets favorable mismatches he gets matchups that are, are you know positive for him so he's he's different I mean his injury I think was the first of the dominoes that that started to fall and and really disassemble disassembled that offense I mean it was a shell of itself as the season unfolded and I think he was the he was the lead domino.
0: C.J. Uzama wound up being their top tight end last year, career-high 43 catches for 439 yards. He also played special teams. He's a late pick, so he has not made a lot of money in this, uh, to this point of his career, $2.5 million over four years. He's got a chance to get paid.
1: He does. And, and uh, the other thing that he did as, as a former player, he played hurt. I mean, Ed Shoulder was not good, and he played all but I think, probably 12 of the 16 games he played in pain. He played, uh, you know, sacrificing for the better of his of his teammates. So I think I think everybody in the locker room looked at him, and a lot of guys told both of us during the course of the year, man, that dude's he's a battler, man. That that's one tough guy. I mean, he's sucking it up. He's doing this. He's doing that. So I think he he really got a long line of admirers based on the way he performed and how he had to perform, you know, with respect to not being 100% physically for a good part of it, and still put up the numbers he put up. So I think he is going to get paid. I agree with you.
0: Then there's Tyler Croft, third-round draft pick two years ago. He was really good as a red zone weapon this past year. He only played in five games because of a foot injury. I don't know if you can bring them all back. Uh, is he the odd man out if if C.J. Uzama signs and, and maybe Eifert decides to return? I know. It, it, the, the thing is that
1: you're, you're always, because of the Tyler Eifert injury question, always like how many do i need do i need another one as an insurance policy but how much money can you spend at the tight end position um you know you can't pay all of them like they're pro bowlers you know so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting they're going to have to make uh make some decisions there but it it is incredible that uh that 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 room you know it's like somebody you know some terrorist dropped a bomb in that room i mean they're all beaten up and um Yuzama, you know, even though he played, he was another one. They, they, they didn't have very many healthy bodies uh, to deal with at that position group, which is a very, very key position in today's NFL, particularly in this offense that Zach wants to install. Tight end's big. Tight end's a big factor. So you have to have, you know, multiple guys that can perform um, a, a lot of very vari- variation in their physical abilities, you know, and doing different things. So it is a very, very key position for this offense.
0: Preston Brown came to town last year on a one-year, $4 million deal, wound up playing seven games, played okay considering he uh, had a bad ankle. What do you think? Does Preston Brown come back?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's going to be, um, you know, obviously the linebacker position was a, was a real disappointment last year. It, it's, it's almost like <laughs> Murphy's Law. I mean, the guy didn't miss any games in college, doesn't miss any games in the NFL, comes to Cincinnati and barely plays, misses a bunch of games when he returns to his hometown. So, I mean, I, yeah, they they've got they've got limited tape I think to evaluate him on when he was healthy. He was tried to play through it through the injury and I think it really did affect his play. Um but but he's a he's a big body guy that runs pretty well. But, you know, they're going to go in other other directions, other areas at the linebacker position. His his is a difficult one I think for this uh For this new coaching staff to evaluate. It's going to be an interesting one.
0: Let's go to the O line. Bobby Hart started every game a right tackle, didn't get particularly uh, rave reviews from Pro Football Focus and others. Is he on this roster next year?
1: I I don't think so. You know, I think that, uh, I I, I do think that that Bobby Hart gave everything he had to give. Bobby Hart maximized his abilities, and Frank Pollock helped him maximize his abilities. but I think, but man, you have to line somebody up out there at the tackle <laughs> position. I mean, how many can you draft? That that's one area in free agency that you got to think, man. If there's a and, and there's never any good ones out there. You know, it's always a guy just hanging on at the tail end of his career or whatever the case may be that's out there in free agency. I mean, Andrew Whitworth was such a such an anomaly for him to be out there for the Rams to to jump on, and they did. There's no question about it. That that doesn't happen very often. A Pro Bowl caliber offensive tackle out there in free agency that you can gobble up, but man, if they can find some kind of, you know, a guy in his seventh year, you know, that's it still has some years left and could be a, a real leader of the group and um, stabilize, you know, the outside at that tackle position because, you know, it stands to reason that a boy Fisher probably won't be back. So, um, you know, because of that reason, I guess you can't eliminate Bobby Hart. But I'm sure if they could go in another direction, they
0: probably would. There are some restricted free agents. The most intriguing name to me, Trey Hopkins, only made half a million last year, played well when called upon to fill in at center. He did. You know, I think that um, you know, center might
1: be his best position. It really is. With those long arms, we talked about the advantage that a long-arm center has ad nauseum, but it, it, is, it is a point. You know, a simple thing is extending the ball out so the defensive guys are just not under your grill, and you have a little bit of separation there before you know at, at the line of scrimmage to snap it. But um, he's smart, um, not incredibly gifted athletically, obviously, uh, or he would have been drafted higher and probably would have played sooner and all those sort of things. But when you get him in a game, he he plays. He doesn't he doesn't hurt you. So um, it would not surprise me if they bring him back, because he does have position versatility. I think with his long arms, he could be an emergency tackle for you as well. But he's shown he can play guard. He's shown he can play center. Uh, Is he going to light it up and be a Pro Bowl candidate? No. But, you know, not everybody's going to be in the Pro Bowl. All
0: right, let's talk about a couple of guys that aren't free agents to be. They're still uh, signed through the coming year. Two wide receivers, starting with Tyler Boyd. Final year of his four-year rookie deal coming up. He was not a first-round draft pick, so they don't have the fifth-year option. It's been a bargain. He'll make uh, $980,000 approximately this year. Do they try to extend him before this season begins?
1: Pay the man. <laughs> 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 got to pay the
0: man. He
1: he He's he's earned it. Yeah, I think you got to try to extend him, um, you know, in my mind.
0: What's the priority? Denard first, Boyd second, other way around?
1: Whew. You know, I, I think whichever whichever agent uh, comes to the table most realistic. You know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd pursue both of them almost on a simultaneous basis and tell both representatives money's on the table. Who wants it?
0: Never. Now, Boyd is, is signed through this year, whereas Denard, right. you'd have to sign him to bring him back.
1: Right. That's true. So, and, and I would. I'd, I'd, I'd probably have separate pots a little bit, but it would still be coming out of that overall kitty, you know, so I'd uh, – I'd basically, you know, try to try to stimulate Boyd's agent to. You know, he, obviously he's going to say, look, you know, if he plays this year out, you guys won't be able to afford him. Well, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting how that how that negotiation uh, unfolds. I think he's going to be an unbelievable fit for this offense as well. I think he's going to eat it up, and because he he does he does two things well, he catches the football, and he's tough. So he, in a crowd – I mean, he, Andy Dalton will he, – he's open when he's covered because he knows he'll fight for the football. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to let the other guy come down with it if, if it's a 50-50 proposition. He's, he's very physical, a tremendous route runner, has a real sense for finding openings in defense, having played the quarterback position. He's, he's the real deal. He's a legitimate guy. But in my mind, you know, speed, speed all that stuff's important, but can he catch it and is he tough? He checks both those boxes big time.
0: Then there's A.J. Green. Turns 31 in July. He's already received two hefty contracts from the Bengals. His four-year, $60 million deal runs out at the end of this year. Arguably the best player in franchise history is right up there with Anthony Munoz. Has he got a third contract coming from Cincinnati? You would think he
1: would. I mean, uh, not only for what he's done on the field, but the way he's comported himself off the field. The guy's been a, a franchise dream, you know. He really has. I mean, I think that uh, probably every owner, general manager, head coach would like to say, "Here's here's an example of how to handle yourself as a as a professional in the National Football League." This guy's got all kinds of talent. Um, I mean, look look at Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Look what happened in Pittsburgh. I mean, it, and and the just the antithesis of that is AJ Green. It's, it's incredible. So he has, he has that type of skill set that those guys have. He has the unbelievable, like, wow factor. I mean, he makes, as we've seen over the years in training camp and practice, and the players say he makes catches every week that's like, what? So, I mean, he hasn't shown any, any uh, diminishing physical skill sets. You know, he can still run, jump, do everything he's done.
0: Has been hurt though. Two out of the last three
1: years. Yeah, he has had a little bit of an injury bugaboo. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of it. Maybe you uh, maybe you structure it to try to try to cover yourself that way. But with a guy of his caliber, that's awful tough to do. I mean, that's very very tough to do. But yeah, he, he he's a guy that. I mean, when Anthony Munoz was holding out, all of us were like, what the hell? They're not going to sign him. Well, how the hell are we going to sign a contract? (laughs) Nobody can do anything more than he's done for this football team on and off the football field. My God. And I think that's how players would feel, you know, if if, uh, A.J. Green got into a contentious situation. My God, they're not going to sign him. Who are they going to sign?
0: Yeah, I guess the question is, in his case, do you get it done before this year, as you did the last time he was up, or do you say, you know what, let's let this one play out See if he's healthy. Still, have, see if he's still the AJ that he's been. And if so, you know, open the vault and pay him the going rate. Yeah, that that could be the way.
1: Depending, it, I think it, it, it. It's all pieces of the puzzle that will you'll put into into the uh, the bigger puzzle as it happens. I mean, I think it's all going to be all right. Well, here's here's stuff that's out there. If somebody bites and, and jumps on it, okay, we'll move that piece. And now we have to adjust these. There's not as much for this and not much for that anymore because he 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 took his. So it, it, there is a little bit of pressure, like hmm, okay, do I take take this opportunity and maximize this, or do I say I'm going to play it out? And um, you know, because I mean, it takes two to tango. The organization, you know, has has a number. The agent has a number. And if the agent says let's play it out, I mean, it could could work either way. I mean it's it is it's a total roll of the dice. But when you're doing salary you have a salary cap to work with and you're trying to figure it all out, it, it's it's like a moving target, you know? It's it's whoever steps up and and comes to the comes to the plate first and then you adjust accordingly.
0: Before we wrap it up, congratulations are in order for AJ and Miranda Green on the birth of their second son, Gunner Blaze Green. Is that kid going to be an athlete? How
1: about that. He's got a great name. Gunner Blaze Green. Wow. Yeah, I'm just like with this first son. I want to sign up first to be representative of that young man because I'm sure he'll be he'll be as physically gifted as uh, as as possible. That's great. What a great family that really is. I mean, AJ Green. You know, they throw around that term pros pro. This guy, (sighs) Webster's Dictionary. If if that term pros pro is in there, his picture's right there, man.
0: Thanks, Lap. There will be tons of NFL news next week. Teams are allowed to negotiate with the agents of upcoming unrestricted free agents from Monday to Wednesday. Then at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, March 13th, the new league year officially begins. That's when last year's contracts expire. The trading period officially opens, so trades we've heard about in recent days don't become official until then. And free agents can officially sign new contracts. Now time for this week's edition of Fun Facts, and my guest is Duke Tobin, a member of the Bengals' front office since 1999 and one of the most important people in the organization. He oversees the draft, plays a key role in trades and free agency, and took part in the hiring process of new head coach, Zach Taylor. Time for some Fun Facts with the Bengals Director of Player Personnel, Duke Tobin. And Duke, for those who don't know, your dad is a former NFL GM. Your uncle, Vince, is a former NFL head coach, so you've been around the game your whole life. As a kid, did your dad let you hang around his teams?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's really all I did, other than playing sports myself. And then uh, when I had free time, I'd be up at Hallis Hall or being a ball boy or working security or pulling the nets at the games or uh, just hanging around the locker room. So, yeah, I grew up around pro football, and that's really all I've ever known. Did you realize as a kid how lucky you were? Well, I don't think you ever realize, I don't think any kid ever realizes how lucky they are. It was just uh, uh, standard, it was part of uh, life, it was, it was every day for me and uh, so no, you don't uh, as a kid reflect on how lucky you are
0: really ever. We're doing Fun Facts with Duke Tobin. Your dad was largely responsible for building one of the greatest and most colorful teams in NFL history, the 1985 Chicago Bears. We're talking Walter Payton, the Fridge, Jim McMahon, Mike Ditka, et cetera. You were 15 at the time. What are your memories of that team?
2: Uh, I've got great memories of that team. They had, uh, they had ability. They had uh, character. They were uh, They enjoyed the game. Uh, they were a team. They enjoyed each other. They had fun. Uh, it was more than a job. It was their lifestyle. And uh, when I look at players today, those are the players I compare them to. Those are the guys I'm always trying to find. And, you know, Walter Payton being the number one, you know, that's uh, when you grade a guy, that's kind of the high end of the scale. And then uh, how good is he compared to? And uh, a lot of those bears of the of the 80s are guys that uh, that kind of shape my opinion of what a
0: football player should be. Where did you watch that Super Bowl?
2: I was on the field. Uh, it was uh, exciting. It was, uh, I would say, nerve-wracking, but it really wasn't because you felt like uh, there was, wasn't anything that could stop that team. It just uh, it had a chemistry and a uniqueness to it that it was uh, going to happen, and I think the players, uh, players felt it and certainly all the support
0: staff felt it. We're doing Fun Facts with the Bengals Director of Player Personnel, Duke Tobin. Duke, you were a fine athlete in your own right and went on to be a college football quarterback. I found an old Chicago Tribune story about you from your high school days. The headline was, Tobin in Relatively Good Shape, which sounds like it could be about you now, but it was actually kind of a play on the fact that you had these family ties. The article said that your dining room table was covered with brochures and letters from college teams. Did you enjoy the attention?
2: Well, I think any young guy enjoys the attention. Uh, we had a successful team, uh, and uh, uh, the, the high school football experience is still by far the best football experience I've ever had, and I think for most people that's, that's true. Uh, the recruiting experience was a little bit uh, nerve-wracking, a little bit stressful. Uh, I was fortunate to have a, a choice of a lot of places to go to. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to make the most of it and, uh, and tried to make the best decisions for me. And I had uh, a lot of good help, too. So.
0: You started out close to home at Illinois playing football and baseball. And the starting quarterback when you got there was Jeff George, you went on to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. You evaluate talent now for a living, strictly in terms of arm talent. How good was Jeff George? Well, he was really good. It's humbling throwing next to a guy like that because it uh, it
2: shows all your uh, deficits <laughs> uh, pretty quick. And so uh, when I uh, showed up there, it was he was a little bit awe-inspiring to watch uh, how the ball came out of his hand. One of the strongest arms, quickest releases that that you can see and uh, or that I've ever seen. And I was fortunate to be on some good college teams. And I think for my job right now, that kind of helped me in uh, shape you know, what, what I look for and, and, uh, and what a good college player is, because those Illinois teams were good. And then when I went to Colorado, we, we had some very fine teams there and a lot of very good players that played in the
0: NFL. You finished your college career with two years at Colorado, and the quarterback there when you got to Colorado is Cordell Stewart, not the arm talent of Jeff George, but another guy that had practice it was probably kind of intimidating seeing Slash's athletic ability
2: yeah and I wouldn't underestimate his arm strength either. He had a strong arm and uh and could throw it a long way uh different style quarterback than Jeff Jeff wasn't mobile at all, but Cordell could really run make plays when things broke down. things broke down a lot, and so he had to do that uh, whether it broke down because of what he was doing or what the rest of the offense was doing is probably uh is probably a pick' em, but uh uh, the other guy we had there was Vance Joseph, and uh, Vance didn't have a weak arm either. Vance could really sling it too, so it uh, made a lot of good connections there and uh, have a lot of good friends from those days.
0: Duke, you did get to start a game at Colorado when Cordell was injured. What are your memories of that day?
2: Well, the better game for me was the game leading into that, the Baylor game. I uh, was able to come in, had some success down in Waco, and then uh, the uh, start didn't go the way it should have, uh, at least the way that I wanted it to, and uh, you know, we ended up winning the game at the end, uh, but that was up in Minneapolis. Probably not my finest hour, but uh, oh, you move on and move forward, and uh, that probably uh, galvanized me
0: in a lot of ways, so I'm probably be grateful for it. Playing football wasn't finished after college. You went on to play in the Arena League for a couple of years with the Orlando Predators and the Memphis Pharaohs. Did you make any money playing Arena League football?
2: Uh, you know, for a for a guy just out of college, any money it seems like a lot of money, and so yeah, we 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 made a little bit, and they put us up, they gave us a uh, a place to live and room and board, and uh, you know, an automobile to drive, and so there were some positives to it. Uh, we had a good team there as well, and uh, I, I think a lot of college football players don't want to admit that it's uh, that it's over. I probably fell into that bucket and said, hey, uh, why not give it a another year or two. Uh, ended up getting uh, hurt and it wasn't worth uh, <laughs> giving your knee ligament for it for sure and started scouting soon after that I realized uh,
0: where my lot was. A couple more fun facts with the Bengals director of player personnel Duke Tobin. Let's go inside the Bengals war room so to speak on draft day. Who is the most animated person that weekend?
2: Um, I like to think we're all pretty calm and collected. Probably the most animated person is whoever is, uh, the position coach for the position that we're talking about at that given moment. But, uh, we try to stay level-headed and uh, calm Uh, we try to get all of the discussions uh, out of the way uh, in the weeks leading up to the draft so that there aren't a lot of animated discussions we kind of know where we're heading and if there were differences we try to cross those bridge those differences prior to that moment in there so a lot of it is uh, fans would be uh, very shocked it's uh, people sitting around and uh, you know reading their iPads and watching tv and uh, watching the clock tick away and crossing off names and uh, so it's a it's a pretty calm uh, room for the most
0: part you alluded to this earlier there are a lot of folks out there that make mock drafts it is a cottage industry for people do people that know what you do for a living try to get insight for their own mock draft?
2: I don't believe so. I don't, I don't get uh, questions that way. I, I think that, uh, that people are interested in what we feel and how we look at players, and we do try to have some events as the year uh, goes on and as the draft approaches. We have some events for sponsors and suite holders and season ticket holders and so forth. Uh, that uh, we try to give them an insight into what we do and how we do it. And we even put on some film and to say, Hey, this is what we like in a player and this is what we don't like in a player. So we do try to explain the process to important people and business partners. Uh, But uh, I don't get a lot of uh, questions from people trying to put together mock drafts. No. (laughs) All right.
0: You're off the hot seat. Thanks for the
2: time. You bet.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Podbean. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or leave a comment. Your feedback's always appreciated, and five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.